0: Oh, yeah. That means it's time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn.
1: Good morning, Simi. Bond. James Bond. Yes.
0: Are are you a Bond fan? Oh, yeah. Are you?
1: I've been, I've been waiting for this movie like you have. You know, I mean, I was just checking my notes on this, but, but Daniel Craig's daughter, with Rachel Weisz, was born three years ago. When this thing was in pre-production, I, I was sort of wondering if she's going to be in high school before the, <laughs> before the movie actually came out. And you know, so I don't true. know if you've, if you've checked the plot line, but it's a you know,
0: yeah, uh, Bond have.
1: is retired and not dealing very well with retirement. One can imagine him pacing. I got a feeling this just his restlessness alone is going to play very very well with the public.
0: Oh, I'm so excited! Lifelong Bond fan because my dad was a huge Bond fan. And we always went to see I saw Moonraker. Okay, that's how much of a Bond fan I am.
1: Yeah, I reviewed Moonraker for the oh, Vancouver oh, Sun. Did you? That's a great one, Hey, eh? They throw him out of the airplane without <laughs> <Yeah>. a parachute.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's how so it great. opens. <laughs> <laughs> so corny, that whole Roger Moore era, so Yeah, Roger corny. Moore
1: was, a, all of the Roger Moore, James Bond movies were actually a satire, I think. They really didn't quite deal very well with how heroic and serious Bond was. I know.
0: But you know, it was of the era. When you look at the James Bond movies, I think every person who's played James Bond, they were of that era. Yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. Vaughn, we'll have to go see this movie and get our reviews for when it actually happens.
1: Christmas, I think, right? They're not Um. talking about right away.
0: No, it'll be out this fall, so something to look forward to, I guess. Um, Might
1: as well have something to look forward to. I'm still kind of on the edge of my seat about uh, the fourth wave uh, of the pandemic and and maybe variants. Uh, The variants are playing havoc in the U.K. and elsewhere, and I still don't think we can necessarily avoid it here.
0: I think you're right. That's what we're talking about with long-term care homes, right?
1: Yeah, so the long-term care home thing that uh, came out of yesterday's briefing was interesting because it's the first time I've heard Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix seriously acknowledge that, uh, we may have to do something here in B.C. about staff in long-term care homes and making sure they get vaccinated, that it isn't going to be enough to ask them. Uh, there's going to have to be some incentives, perhaps some disincentives if they don't do it, like reassignment uh, or testing. Um, I, I've heard in a lot of concerns from seniors and their families that uh, seniors who have seen this through COVID-19 are so vulnerable to outbreaks that you know it isn't going to be enough to say well you know please get vaccinated and a lot of staff in long-term care have been vaccinated but I uh, yesterday uh, all options are on the table and I think they're looking at maybe having to do what's already been done in Quebec Ontario and elsewhere which is a program to mm, incentives and disincentives to get vaccinated for staff
0: it's sad that it has to come to that, though, right? You would think that they would want to get vaccinated because of where they work.
1: Uh, you would think, but, you know, we don't have as big a problem with hesitation here in Canada. There, And there are some people who, you know, can't get vaccinated for one reason or another. But it's a small group, and I think just in general... Um, There's going to have to be a push uh, for the remaining people there. The government, of course, as Adrian Dix pointed out, too, is in the middle of a big wave of hiring for long-term care, 7,000 more staff to get the long-term care facilities in the province staffed up to the level uh, for safety and that they should be. Uh, You know, maybe a condition of employment is you understand you're applying for this job, you're going to get vaccinated, right? It's not going to be an option. I mean, at least at the entry level hiring, they could make that a condition of employment.
0: Yeah, that makes more sense, actually, to do it that way. Uh, Let's talk about the goings-on in the legislature, because I was reading your column about this, and this is interesting that, uh, Michael Lee, you know, we, we spoke to him yesterday. It clearly sounded like he's trying to find his footing in this leadership race there, but it also sounds like he came out swinging this week.
1: Yeah, he started the week. So he announced he was running for the – we knew he was running for the liberal leadership. He made it official the other night, and I know you had him on the show yesterday. But on Monday, he put a motion into the legislature. Uh, Monday mornings are set aside for mem- members to put in motion. So he put in a motion – Uh, saying this house uh, condemns anti-Asian racism, which is a a topic that's current, of course. But interesting, when he got up to speak about it, he and several other liberals went after David Eby. They accused Eby of abetting anti-Asian racism because of his involvement in a study six years ago now, 2015, Um, that looked at people with Chinese-sounding names uh, who had bought houses in three neighborhoods on the west side of Vancouver. The study is controversial, and we don't need to go into that. Uh, But they said, you know, that study, EB did, or his office, did the research for that study. They pulled the land title records, and they flagged all these names that uh, they were Chinese names that people hadn't anglicized their names. And that led to the thing that two-thirds of the houses there were being bought by Chinese. Uh, so Lee went after Eb really hard on this. Eb's rea- Eb wasn't in the house. It's a little unfair to do that when the guy isn't even in the house, but it came up later in the day and David Eb got to reply. And what he said was he said, look, I've already apologized for this. Uh... But then it's really interesting. He blamed the news media. He ah. said, "I don't blame the researcher on this." He said, "I blame the coverage. I found it disappointing, and that's why I apologized for taking part for helping." Now he said, he <laughs> "This is the part that really got me." He said, "He said, you know, I must have been a bit naive about how how this story would be covered." By the news media. now, oh, Simmons, really? Naive? I have been really? covering... He didn't name the news organizations. That's interesting, because I think the news organizations, had he named them, uh, might have pushed back on this. He just said the news media in general. He was disappointed with the way they covered this <laughs> report. Interesting. I've covered David Eby for eight years and counting, and naive is not exactly. a word. I would use... To describe him on any subject but certainly not on his relationship with the news media he's very effective with the news media he is calculating with the news media he puts out stories that are very self-serving for his and the ndps political interest but naive uh-uh. scheming maybe calculating for sure self-serving yes but not naive.
0: Right. I mean, even before he got into politics, this was somebody who was very good at knowing you know, how to talk to the media. He was with the B.C. Civil Liberties Union before.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, when he, when he apologized for his role in that report at the money laundering inquiry a month ago. I mean, we've reported on his apologies before. He was cross-examined by the lawyer for the Civil Liberties Association when he did it. So there's a certain irony there as well. But, you know, I think David Eby knew exactly what he was doing when he took part in that study. I understand why people feel that it, whatever its intentions were, those statistics did, I think, were part of a backlash against Chinese Canadians and people from China. There's a whole lot of other things as well, but it's very interesting. Michael Lee as you know is uh, the the son of a couple from Hong Kong that moved here and he and Teresa Watt, who is herself a liberal MLA and uh, herself an immigrant from Hong Kong, they both went after Eby on this. Um, and, you know, the liberals are saying if a liberal had done this kind of thing, you can yeah. bet the New Democrats would be pushing back on it. So I don't think this issue is going to go away, but it's interesting. It's one of the first things that Michael Lee raised when he entered the B.C. liberal leadership this week.
0: Interesting point. All right. Thank you for that, Vaughn.
1: Bye-bye, Simi.
0: Have a good week.